Well, at least we know we're better than one major college basketball program. What's up, Irish fans? Locked On Irish Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Greg Schaefer here, your lead host. It is recording on a Sunday, all ready for your Monday morning drive. Here with my favorite co-host and yours, Mark Hissom. What's up, buddy? Hey, good morning. Go Irish. Fighting a head cold. Yeah. <laughs> Feeling awesome. Oh, man, it is that time of year. I was talking about it the other day. Uh, how's the Christmas shopping going? Um, mine's going great. I'm always done. I do everything online. Yeah, you're that guy that's done yeah, in I November. Do step foot or, outside my house. <laughs> done it. You're done in like August for, yeah. of next year or last year. That's awesome. Well, big big Irish win yesterday. Kind of saved our season against UCLA. Before we get going too much further here, remember follow us on Twitter at Locked On Irish and follow us on Facebook Locked On Irish. We are pretty much everywhere except for iHeartRadio right now. So once we get that figured out, we'll let everybody know. But iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, you pick it, we're there. So Monday episode, we're going to put Brian Driscoll's interview tomorrow. If anything breaks, we'll move it back or forward or whatever, everywhere it fits this week. Um, We're going to do that right after this show. We're going to get that recorded interview with Brian Driscoll, talk about Camping World Bowl and multiple guys having decisions to make uh, as far as coming back to Notre Dame or going to the NFL and kind of preview Notre Dame and Iowa State with him. Uh, Brian is a wealth of uh, wealth of knowledge, works for Sports Illustrated, so should be a really good interview, and we'll get that dropped to you very likely tomorrow, that being Tuesday. But for today, we're going to talk some Irish basketball. Got the win over UCLA yesterday. Also going to talk um, a little bit about the Echo Awards from – Friday night, and another big award, may have heard of it, called the Heisman Trophy that Joe Burrow took home in a landslide. Talk about that a little bit, and uh, maybe even pick some bowl games. It's getting to that point where we're going to beat the crap out of the subject that is Notre Dame and Iowa State in the Camping World Bowl, so no better time than the present to talk a little bit of bad bowl weekend, which is right up my alley. As long as the bowls exist, I'm going to watch them. Are you, how many bad bowls are you going to take in, Hissom? Uh, as many as my schedule allows, and I'll be traveling over <laughs> most of uh, bowl season. Yeah, that's right. You're going to be at the Camping World Bowl. We talked about that yes. last week. Uh, going to get us some great content down there. So, uh, got good seats. Oh, yeah. Uh, club level right down to 50. I would expect nothing <laughs> less. So, Irish victory yesterday, uh, Saturday, that is, 75-61 over UCLA. We finally showed that we could actually beat a team with some athleticism. I mean, this team is has some athletes out there. But as I said in the open, this oh, that team is in trouble. UCLA, you could just tell Tiger Campbell is not the same guy that was recruited to UCLA. He's playing nearly 30 minutes a night on one bad wheel. Just doesn't have the same explosiveness. His hair's amazing. He looks like literally, uh, well, actually looks more like a lion. I love that dude's hair. Somebody said it looks just as awesome in person as it did uh, as it does on TV. But we kept their starters all under double figures, or yeah, double figures. Um, leading starter scoring was uh, Prince Ali with nine points. Off the bench, Smith ended up with ten, which is interesting that Mick Cronin decided not to start him. I mean, he's really their most athletic player. But what do you think this says about a Notre Dame team? And what, Mark, what do you think the conf- this can do for their confidence beating a team that they really weren't as athletic? I mean, it, it is UCLA. So, I mean, when you look at it and you say, hey, Notre Dame beat UCLA, it still means something. Yeah. Um, you know, it's good to see guys, you know, finally have have uh, a confidence-building game. Absolutely. And I think we're finding something with the three ball, though I don't love living and dying by the three. Look back to the uh, Ben Hansborough team 
from, well, going on almost 10 years ago now. I don't love it, but if we have to rest our hat on something, it's better to have some semblance of an identity than no identity at all, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I I like the way that uh, it allows you to catch up a little bit when you're lagging in other areas. Yeah, because in the first half, I think we were like 8 of 23 from the field in the first half, and six of the, I mean, that's terrible shooting to begin with, but six of them were from deep. Um, the only thing I didn't like is UCLA, they don't have enough firepower to really make us pay for our mistakes. There was, there was a point in time where we're up by, I think 10 in the first half. And, you know, we, we have the opportunity to kind of put it away or UCLA has the opportunity to jump back in it. And I think they had like five missed shots in a row on the same possession because they kept getting offensive rebounds. Now, you know, are we going to shoot that well when the pressure's on? That's kind of my question. It's all easy. Things just turn out to be easier than in any sport. Any sport, things are easier playing from ahead. Don't you agree? Yeah, of course. I mean, we are, it is a shooting team. And yep. Shooters got to shoot. So, I mean, hopefully they, hopefully they, you know, they, they have success. Now, one thing I'll say about the broadcast is Digger Phelps and Bill Walton was pure gold. Bill Walton's nuts. Uh, that guy is amazing. He's like my Doug Flutie of basketball. Really? I don't like that guy. Yeah. Oh, how good. He's just stoned. I mean, Flutie's just an idiot. <laughs> I know. I wish we could just say Flutie's stoned. That would explain so many other things if we could just say Flutie was stoned. But Walton, at one point he said, Digger, have you ever been to Dana's Point? What would have happened if the Pilgrims would have landed there? Where do you think they'd have put Notre Dame? It's like, what does that have to do with anything? (laughs) (laughs) That guy's out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. They had some great back and forths, and uh, it was a a heck of a broadcast. I almost wish we could have had that on every broadcast. But one of the questions he did say when he was lucid at one point, he asked, why isn't Dane Goodwin starting? And I don't disagree with that. Right now we're getting – I mean, Fluger's our best defensive player by far, but – Sometimes when a team's struggling to score, I don't know. I question whether or not Fluger should we trade some defense for offense or, you know, maybe play a small lineup and get Durham out. You know, I know he's our only big inside, but right now, you know, Dane Goodwin is shooting so good from the outside. He had 16 points off the bench yesterday. Fluger had zero points in 40, and I'm not sure how many minutes he played. Uh, looks like he played 27 minutes, zero points. That, that's tough. It's tough to try to figure this team out right now, and hopefully we get a chance to this week because we got an entire week off before we play a really good ten and one Indiana team. Yeah, I mean, you know, Dane's Dane's our guy, French Central Ohio. So Absolutely, we want to see him get as much playing time as possible. Uh, Indiana, that's gonna be a whole different type of ball game. It is, and it made me question with how we've been struggling here lately. It's kind of made me question how, what the worth is in playing these just. I mean, call spade a spade, crap opponents, because you can do go one of two ways with, with bad opponents, in my opinion. You can get use them to get right, or they could, you know, be worked against you because you're just, you know, iron sharpens iron at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree, but I mean, it's just, that's the basketball, that's their formula. I yep. mean, it's just, every team does it. Every team and does it. Every team do has it. an upset yep. uh, loss throughout their, you know, throughout their season before they get into conference play. Yeah, I, like I said, I was just very impressed that we were able to take a team that does play 10 guys. I mean, they, they had 10 guys get minutes yesterday. Um, nine of those guys got double-digit minutes. Um, I think their you know, least guy was Kyman with four. Um, Singleton got 15 minutes. Shaquille O'Neal's kid got 17. I mean, this is, a, this is Cronin 101, though. When he was at um, Cincinnati, this is what he did. He has deep teams. He has aggressive teams. But right now, they're just – I mean, they're just not that talented. 
that's just not that talented of a team right now. And it gave me hope for the rest of this season that, you know, maybe we, maybe we can find something and at least scratch off an NIT. But the one big concern for me right now is again, Bray has a short bench. He only played seven guys total yesterday. Yeah. I mean, that's a problem. Um, how many home games do they have uh, throughout the regular season? Cause I mean, they're doing very well at home this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, they haven't, um, they only had the one bomb at home was against BC. Um, and I, I knew that was going to be a struggle just on paper. They have some guys. They just can't shoot, kind of like UCLA yesterday. But UCLA is – they're in trouble. Uh, the only thing that might save UCLA is the Pac-12's a mess. I even talked about it on Friday, how the Big East, in my opinion, Xavier, Providence, Seton Hall, uh, Villanova is probably head and shoulders better than the big, uh, Pac-12 right now. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I don't follow basketball close enough, you know, outside of Notre Dame, you know, how most other teams are doing, so I'll have to take your word for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> so that's what I like about <laughs> You're doing... You're my basketball expert. Yeah, that's what I like about just doing podcasts by myself. I agree with everything that I say. <laughs> so right up against a break here, real quick, before we do, let's give a shout-out to Spotify Wrapped. If you are a Spotify listener, use Spotify Wrapped to show us your top Locked On podcast for the year. Take a screenshot and tag us at Locked On Live and at Locked On Irish on Twitter, and we will share and retweet. Let's go to break, and we'll wrap up the thoughts about Notre Dame-UCLA and get into basically what was a big old awards weekend right after this. Locked On Irish podcast coming at you right now, second segment of the day. Really pumped to be with you guys. It's going to be a – we're counting them down now. Notre Dame got back to practice on Saturday. Coach Kelly addressed the media uh, I'm starting to feel it now, that's for sure. When you see the, uh, those gold helmets back out on the practice field, you know you know something's coming, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So wrap-up thoughts about the game in UCLA. I, I do think it was a step in the right direction. We really saved our season at 8-3. and three. We needed to find a way to get into ACC play, full ACC play. I know we've already had two games, but we needed to find a way to get to 10 wins. The BC loss was very hurtful. But again, this gives me hope we can actually play with a team more athletic than us. Hub stayed with Tiger Campbell very well. Durham played good inside. We, we really forced them into their weakness. They're not a good three-point shooting team. And we forced them into playing from the perimeter and you know, basically made, the, made an aggressive team not look very aggressive at all. I just hope this is sustainable, playing seven guys in what is a grind of the ACC. Yeah, I mean, time will tell. I mean, you know, if, as long as we keep our, you know, our free throw percentages up and hit those threes, we should be able to hang in there at least. I'm glad you mentioned that. We went 12 of 17 from the line yesterday, which is pretty solid for us. But I'm not – the last two games we've hit 35 threes, and that that's great. It's just – it's we got to find something to hang our hat on. We have to be able to sustain something like that going forward. And if that's going to be the identity of this team, it's ball movement and shooting, then we're going to pretty much have to be on every night because we just don't have the horses to keep up with the Louisvilles and, and the um, North Carolinas and Dukes of the world right now if we're just going to play just up and down basketball in transition. Yeah, I agree. But, I mean, again, with the, uh, such a short bench, you know what you have. Yep. I mean, you know what you're working with and you know what – the best game plan is going to be you have to stick to it yeah you're gonna we're gonna have to slow the game down and just kind of make it ugly more than anything yeah you know play almost like and i was impressed we uh, ucla averaged 75 points a game and we kept them to 61 
Um, also, you know, we beat this team by 14 points. This wasn't like coming down the stretch, burning timeouts, sending guys to the free throw, three free throw line to finish it. No, we, we pretty much beat the crap out of UCLA yesterday. And it's a good feeling moving forward. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely confidence booster for sure. So let's talk about Heisman weekend. We had the echoes on Friday night. Um, Joe Burrow won the Heisman in just a runaway, had a record number of uh, first place votes. What are your thoughts on uh, Burrow getting the Heisman? Oh, I love it. I mean, that guy just sent the benchmark for Heisman trophy winner with that speech oh, for, for the rest of time. Woo! That was a good one. Uh, I wish I would have had that at the ready because that I think that would be considered a public speech. We could have played it right here on the show. We yeah, found out sure. recently, but that, I mean, what yeah, he's, if you haven't heard it, you know, definitely look it up. Absolutely. Um, actually, I'm looking up some of his stats right now, and the very first thing that comes up is Joe Burrow Heisman speech, and all I typed in was J O E B, and that's yeah. the, that's the top thing. That's hilarious. That guy, he really elevated LSU to just another level. Yeah, he's a good ball player. I mean, obviously. We know that, you know, coming from Ohio State down there, um, tons of talent. Yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, you can see it in the numbers and how, how far the gap was between him and number two. Yeah. And that's not to say that the, all those guys deserve to be there. They were all, I mean, Chase Young's a freak. And, you know, what um, Justin Fields, I didn't realize Justin Fields had, he has 40 touchdowns to one interception. I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, all the Ohio State football that you and I watch, but. I, I mean, that's just, I feel like that's a, such a discrepancy in stat. I thought I should have known that. But um, yeah, I mean, he should have been there. Absolutely. I, the Jalen Hurts thing surprised me. I was surprised he was there. Did that surprise you that he got the invite? I thought I, Taylor yeah. should have been there. No, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, it's, no, it didn't surprise me. I haven't really had much more to say about it. <laughs> um, I did think it was funny. I seen something online where it was like an Ohio State quarterback transfers to LSU. The um, Georgia quarterback transfers to Ohio State, and the Alabama quarterback transfers to uh, Oklahoma, and both Georgia and Alabama are sitting at home watching. Right. Like, that's, whew, I, I bet Kirby Smart is just banging his head against the wall in that decision. Fromm's good. Don't get me wrong, but uh, Fields' legs and just his vision, it just adds a whole other d- dimension to his game. Yeah. I mean, but he fits Ohio State. He does. He does. He fits that Haskins Barrett kind of yeah. transition of even going back to guys like, dare I say, like a Stanley Jackson, yeah. like going clear back then. Uh, they've always had guys that are pretty mobile, um, big arms. You know, not necessarily what you'd expect to make it in the NFL though, because uh, you know even Haskins to a degree is struggling right now in the NFL. I mean, when's the last great Ohio State quarterback? Uh, that's a good question. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Uh, I can't either. But Joey Germain was amazing in the arena league. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the Echoes were Friday night, transitioned to some Notre Dame awards. Uh, and I was a little surprised Chase Claypool got the MVP. I thought he would get Offensive Player of the Year and Book would get MVP. Because I know Book struggled this year. And there were times that the, the cackling came out of playing Jerkovic and things like that. But it did surprise me a little bit. I mean, without Book's legs against Louisville, that game might be a whole lot closer. I mean, just night one, Book makes a difference. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, and Claypool is only as good as Book allows him to be at the time because our play calling all year long was not good. No. We didn't utilize Claypool the way we should have. Um, and we relied on Book way too much. So Book did carry the team, you know, to a degree. Yeah, he definitely did. 
you know, he he really bailed us out toward the you know these last four games too. I mean, I know we've seen. I'm going to be interested to ask Brian in our interview when we talk to him to what his thoughts are. If the team, in his eyes, because he sp- covers them far further to a further degree than we do, he's been a coach. It, did the team get better, or was it really a product of the, how bad the last four opponents were? Because I, I subscribe to both. I think we did play better after getting our asses kicked, but I also think that playing better also was helped by the, how bad those last four opponents were. Yeah, I mean, I think we got better. Um, and I hate to say we, but I do think the team got better. Um, we don't win those games by the degree that we won the last four games early in the season. Yeah. Now, I will say I did think – hot take here. I think Book could have really got Offensive Player of the Year and MVP because Chase Claypool, in my opinion, is a freak of an athlete. I think he's going to have one heck of an NFL career. But there were times he disappeared. I mean, I just feel like there were certain games where it'd be like, okay, you know, Georgia being one. Georgia, that game, if he takes over in that game, we win. We win by two scores. If he finds a way to get involved, make separation, go up and get balls the way Komet was doing in that game. Yeah, but, I mean, that's, you can't lay that on him. For I mean, sure. they got to get the ball to him. One of the problems Claypool's always had, in my opinion, you could even look at the Stanford game. He had a good game. He had a good game against Virginia Tech. Um, but outside of a few catches this season, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it just doesn't feel like – it feels like he struggles with getting separation. Yeah, I mean, he probably relies on not having to. I mean, he's big enough where he's going to beat you to the ball. Yeah. You know, and it's almost to his advantage. Like, I'm going to let this guy hang right on me, throw it up. I'm going to get it. Yeah. But, you know, the closer he is to me, the more I can use my body. So, you know, I think that's kind of his M.O. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, now, on the other side of the ball, that you know, we had Aquara get awards. We had Khalid Kareem get an award. Um, I mean, who would you say, was, in your opinion, was Defensive Player of the Year? Because when I picked mine, I, I struggled with who I thought was it. You know, I, I ended up saying Khalid Kareem, but I, I just kind of struggled with exactly who I thought should have had that award. I mean, this is going to sound crazy, but I, I lean towards Drew White. If Drew White doesn't have the season he has this year, it's – we lose a couple more games. You know, I that's it's really good that you say that. Um, Kareem, it, it did end up getting defensive player of the year, so I knocked that one out. But you're you're kind of right. You know, he did struggle sometimes in space, which because he's a little unathletic, he reminds me of an early two thousands, late nineties linebacker. Is exactly yeah. what he reminds me of. Um, but he held his own in there between him and Awusu Karmoa. They are going to be a force next year, and I've talked about it before. I'm really excited to see their uh, progression going into next season. Yeah, I mean, he stepped up big time this year and outplayed most projections. No one really gave him a chance uh, to, to have the type of season he had, and he led the team in tackles, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, he did. He um, did. He made huge plays when we needed them. Um, the Navy game, he looked like a uh, completely different person. He, he's taken on that role of that Greer Martini against Navy because, yeah. I mean, you know, you watch Navy yesterday and Army is a oh, they're okay, they're average this year. They I I picked them to go eleven and one, so it shows how much I know because of what they had coming back and Monken really have, has had that team ticking and. Um, nobody's done what Navy did to them yesterday. They had 300 yards rushing yesterday. Their quarterback did. Yeah. And we, I mean, we knocked them off the field. That game, Outside of that first drive, after that first drive, no, there was no nervousness on my end. I mean, we just stomped them out. Yeah, that's the most aggressive I've seen in Notre Dame defense against Navy mm-hmm. in a while. It's like, you know, we've normally just sat back and caught them. Yeah. And we took it to them. Absolutely. Um, and, again, Drew White, Hamilton. I mean, those guys had – 
crazy games against. That was a crazy game for those guys. I'm glad you brought up Hamilton, but we're right up against a break. So let's go to our sponsors, and then we'll talk a little Kyle Hamilton. That dude is a beast right after this. Final segment, Monday edition, Locked on Irish podcast. Mr. Hissom over here just brought up a wild man on the defensive side of the uh, Notre Dame's b- of the ball. Um, Kyle Hamilton, that dude, wow. I mean, you know, you guys come in with high expectations when they're rated as high as he was, but when you live up to him in your first season, uh, there's gonna there's a lot of pressure on this kid going into next year, I got to say. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he exceeded them. I would only lived up to me, exceeded them. Oh, so absolutely. I'll be real. I'm excited to see where they're going to put him next year. Yeah, I think a lot of it's going to come down to uh, Gilman if he comes back or not. Because if you can play a lineup with Pryor, Hamilton, and Gilman, that's a, a you know one of them's going to have to go to the Rover. Then you got two really good safeties. That's, yeah. that's a good problem to have. I haven't heard anything about whether Gilman's said anything. The, I read online that he's leaning that way, but nothing confirmed. I I think it's a mistake. I really do. I think he's undersized. I don't think he's fast enough. His recoveries, I mean, but Drew Tranquil's playing well with the Chargers and I didn't think he'd make it either. Yeah. So, and I, I think Gilman comes back. Yeah, I agree. I I think he should. I don't know. I really don't know if he will. That's one of the reasons he came to Notre Dame is because all of a sudden he found all this pro potential transfers from Navy and uh, you know, then he gets his opportunity and he's played well. I mean, you cannot argue. Uh, it's been nice to have him. I'm glad we don't, or we weren't without him because that, right. that would be a weak, weak position in my opinion without him. Yeah. I mean, I think he comes back. He has to come back yeah. for himself. Yeah. I mean, uh, jealousy. I want, you know, I'm, uh, you know, selfishness for myself. I want him to come back <laughs> like jealousy, but, um, you know, because we have an opportunity next year to have a solid, solid backfield. Oh, absolutely. And we're getting into an, in another show. We'll talk about, um, just we're going to be pretty much favored in every all 11 of 12 games. We should be favored next year other than Clemson at home. And when does it start to fall off for Clemson? I mean, I know there's going to be a lot of hype around the fact that Trevor Lawrence is there, but I don't know what they have coming back next year. You know, they lost a lot off last year's team. They don't seem to have lost a step, but I don't know what, I'm not sure what they lose. I'd have to evaluate their team and see, but there's a chance depending upon how we look and how they look, we could even be favored in 12 of 12 games next year. Yeah, I mean, who knows what? Who knows? I mean, you you don't even know this year what Clemson is still to this. Still point. don't. No, I mean, so, I, I've said knows? it a hundred times since I've been doing this podcast. That's one of the reasons I picked Notre Dame to beat them last year, because when I compared the schedules and where they struggled, where we ex- where we kind of exceeded expectations, I was like, I, I think we're gonna win. I mean, they didn't show anything against anybody any good, and they didn't have an opportunity. Same thing this year. I mean, they could be the best team in America. Right. They could be better than LSU. Or they could be worse than us, but they haven't been challenged, not one time this year. Right. Yeah, we'll find out soon enough. Yeah, because they're going to get tested right away on both sides of the ball. I know there's a lot of people that don't think Ohio State's really been tested. So you got two sides of the ball that are going to be tested pretty quickly. Yeah. So big news this week was the firing of, uh, or parting of ways of Chip Long. So I haven't got to get your opinion on it. What was your initial reaction to that? I mean, you know how I feel. I've been I agree. Complaining about play calling all year, so I mean, my initial reaction was like, "Thank goodness." Um, I know people have talked about it, but I mean, who really knows what's going to happen until it happens? So when it, I mean, it happened quick. Yeah, it did. Well, that's what I said when I did this show the day it broke. Is I was I checked my phone in the morning, and actually Brian Driscoll was the one talking about the rumblings, the increased kind of smoke around the situation, and then I bet it was four hours later. It went from like. 
I think this may happen at some point to it's already done. Right. You know, not only is it, you know, going to be done after the bowl game, but it's done today, yeah. which, which kind of blew my mind. That, that makes you feel like they already have somebody in mind. Yeah. I feel like it's Rees. And yeah, I do too. I don't hate it. My problem is, is I just wish they'd kick the tires on a few other guys. I talked uh, about yeah, it the sure. other day. I wish they'd go after Helfrich. Helfrich is with yeah. the Bears right now, but with the way offenses are, and Oregon never ticked better than when Helfrich was the OC. He didn't turn out to be a great head, head coach, but that team never ticked better. They did struggle with big physical teams. See Stanford, see Ohio State. Stanford actually a couple times, but I mean, they were just destroying teams when they were ticking with Helfridge as the OC. Yeah. And that's not to say that that's the answer. I'm just saying, who else could you get? Don't just be so quick to throw Tommy in. I know Tommy interviewed, I feel like it was in the off season between last year and this year for the Northwestern job and wasn't asked for a second interview, which read into that what you want. I, I do feel like a lot like what you just said, that a lot of these teams, they already kind of have figured out what they want. Yeah, I mean, you almost get the feeling like, you know, because Tommy's name has started coming up, you know, in the last quarter of the season. Yeah. Um, And at first I'm like, there's no way in heck. No way Tommy Reese is going to be the OC. But then the more you see him on the sideline, the more he's talking to the guys, the more involved he is. How involved is he already? That's what I was thinking. And, and, you know, we've had this renaissance. We've had... I think I talked about it Thursday or Friday about we've had 40 yards per game more in the last four games than the first eight. You know, we went, I think we were rushing for like 208 yards per game. Is that Tommy? Is he having a little more hand in the offense? Is that where the disagreement came from? Is Tommy kind of got a little more control and Chip Long didn't like it and, and now there's a back and forth and now he's out? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Hopefully we find out because it would be interesting to know. Yeah, and again, maybe Tommy's the answer. Maybe Tommy's the next coming. Maybe he's going to make that progression, quarterback to quarterback coach to OC to head coach, bring us three national titles, and that's great. But God, could you imagine? Could you imagine? However, I Tommy Reese statue. That would be wild, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be wild. I don't know what pose they would put on him, but I mean, he it could be a look I, of shock. Yeah, a look of shock. You're exactly right in that. Maybe they could also do like 10 defenders just sitting back, letting him run for 15 yards and him not. Would Tyler Eifert have to be in it? Yeah, have to. Have to, absolutely. He doesn't hardly have a career without Eifert. But again, I just wish they would kind of kick the tires on a few other guys. Just just take a look. Just take a look. Um, Now, Kelly did say, as far as uh, this is from Sean Stiers, um, WSBT, from yesterday, Coach Kelly said he will not be calling plays um, in the camping roll bowl. So I would say that'll probably be Rees. Is this going to be kind of like a dress rehearsal? Um, Man, that's a good question. It'll be exciting to see. I mean, mm-hmm. you know how I feel about the play calling this year and how we did not utilize half the field. Yeah. So we'll see what he does. Yeah, you're exactly right. When we started kind of cherry-picking the middle of the field – and stretching the field out with, of course, a guy named little guy named Braden Lindsay on those some of those sweeps and you know different personnel decisions too. That's one of the questions I asked last week, um, and I hate to keep referencing last week's show, but it's true. It's just some things that are just burning in my mind. How much does Chip Long have to say in personnel? Even 
I, you think he would have full control of that. Maybe. And maybe Coach Kelly's like, no, you need to start involving this guy, and that's where the clash of opinions came from. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. But it, I did think it was interesting that Coach Kelly said, uh, that is not my role. I've moved past that. So I'm interested to know if he's just – maybe he's just done calling plays forever. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, that's a, that's a big responsibility. You're responsible for an entire football team – plus calling the plays on offense. I mean, that's huge. And ever since Kelly has taken a step back from all that, look back to 2016, it was a terrible season. I mean, we've only lost a handful of games in the last three years. Yeah, I mean, I agree. He he does better in that management kind of role, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. And he's got to concentrate on Book. He's got to have Book come back next year and be successful. That is actually one of the things we're going to ask Brian is, does he think uh, Book comes back? And if he does, where does what happens to Phil? I hope I transfer. I think so, too. I think he's he's waited long enough. He's ready to play. Uh, one more piece of news before we get out of here for your Monday edition. John Shannon, long snapper, will not be back. It sounds like he's going to continue on with his career, um, career choice, and it says he's going to go be a cop. That's from yesterday's presser with Kelly. So good for him. I know he struggled with a lot of back issues, which, interestingly enough, long snapper back issues, I'd say that'd probably be a problem. Yeah. Um, but he did win. So they had the inaugural long snapper of the year, and he won it. So Yeah, I saw that. That's pretty wild. I like the trophy, too, the two hands and the ball. Nice. So. All right, guys, that's it for your Monday edition Locked On Irish podcast. Make sure you're following us out there, Twitter at Locked On Irish. You're following us on Facebook. Listen to the, any of any show, Spotify, iTunes, probably SoundCloud, probably just generic apps that I've never even heard of. So download us at Locked On Irish. So till next time, go Irish.